0: So Money, episode 1211, Crypto Week continues with a look at how the industry may be able to close wealth gaps.
1: You're listening to So Money with award winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30 minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer,
0: happier life? Welcome to So Money.
1: I tell people all the time, you know, when you want to even buy, invest in in a cryptocurrency, look at the technology that they're using. Look at what they're building. That will tell you, you know, the the potential longevity of a cryptocurrency.
0: Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Our third installment of Crypto Week is happening now. And it's a conversation that picks up where we left off in the previous episode about the impact that the blockchain and crypto may have on the world. If you haven't listened to that yet, I would encourage you to go listen to my conversation with Ali Leach, who is an editor at Coindesk, a leading media platform for crypto coverage. He and I talked about the impact of crypto on the environment, on innovation. Where are we in the history of crypto? Crypto development and what are NFTs, non fungible tokens, all good stuff. Now we're going to examine what crypto can mean for the racial and gender wealth gaps. Our guest is Clev Massador, founder of the National Policy Network of Women of Color. In blockchain, She's a Washington insider. She served as an Obama presidential appointee and a senior staffer in Congress. She's also the author of the book, The Clevolution, a gritty and honest memoir where she chronicles her journey that begins during the tumultuous 70s in Haiti and later migrating to New York City and then into Washington politics. Clev and I discuss her learnings from the recent Bitcoin 2021 conference in Miami. What was that like? How can crypto support Income inequality and why are there more Black Americans interested in crypto than they are in traditional stocks? Here's Clev Mesador. Clev Mesador, welcome to So Money for Crypto Week. Thank you for having me on. It's so awesome to be able to interview you now. Given that you just got back from Bitcoin 2021, I can't even believe there is a conference, but this is where we're at right now in the timeline. There is a lot of, <laughs> a lot of mass excitement around cryptocurrency, Bitcoin 2021, the world's largest crypto conference. Maybe just give us a sense of the scene and you're so knowledgeable in this space. I wonder what was something new that you discovered while you were there? Yes, the
1: Bitcoin conference was
0: very timely and also very energetic.
1: And I think it's because this is the first conference since COVID hit. So for those of us in the crypto community, this was our first time to connect in person in over a year. So I think a lot more, you know, members of the crypto community attended who, you know, who may not have ha- attended a Bitcoin specific conference in the past. But certainly, it was wonderful to reconnect. And the conference, you know, the estimation was anywhere between 50,000 to 100,000 people participated. It was exciting. And, you know, for me, obviously, as a woman of color in crypto, it was important for me to, you know, to engage around the whole diversity, equity, and inclusion piece I actually collaborated with the Black Chain Association to host a reception during Bitcoin, the Bitcoin Conference in Miami to celebrate diversity. And it was wonderful. The Black Chain Association invited their member companies and several executives, including two CEOs, came. And then we had a large number of innovators of color attend. So the opportunity for them to talk about what innovators need and how you know companies are looking to support them was great.
0: Did you feel there was a lot of representation at the conference? There is this uh perception at least at least cuz a lot of the dis- a lot of the social media I feel yeah. like is being led by you know the the usual suspects whenever you're talking about a hot stock investment category. And so did you feel like and you've been in this space for years did you feel like there was a a new dawn in, in the sense that there was a, a more diverse landscape?
1: Well, certainly Bitcoin has that reputation, right? The Bitcoin grows, the Lamborghinis. And so, you know, and, and I'm, that stems from, you know, where we're at in terms of financial, financial services, fintech, and even crypto. You know, there's a huge gender gap, right? And that was definitely clear. There were some events I went to when you know I was one of the few women. Period. Whether it's a woman, you know, a white woman or a woman of color, so so I do think that you know the 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 Bitcoin community, you know, there's been a lot written about it that it needs to become much more. Much more inclusive. It was interesting. Some of us in the you know women in blockchain actually did a luncheon, you know, near the Manor Winwood, and so our luncheon was going on. And I guess there were a few Bitcoin guys having a, a similar luncheon in the back. So two of them came over and said, "Hey, we're having this conversation about how do we get more women engaged, you know?" And and, and then they said, "Oh, we decided we we'll just ask some women." <laughs> like that's smart. But it was interesting that, you know, they were very interested in, you know, this whole thing of how to get more women engaged in Bitcoin. And I shared that women are engaged. I do think that when, when, you know, a lot of the, you know, men who are participating have to create a space where women can't participate, can can participate. And that means that, you know, women have to have a serious role in whatever the engagement has is, but also an opportunity to actually contribute something significant. So, you know, I, I'm one of those people who think that, and I think this is tech in general and not just crypto, oftentimes, you know, the the, the conversation around diversity, equity, inc- inclusion, whether it be gender equity or racial equity, you know, it's really Unfortunately, around window dressing, right there's this sense of let's get more people in the room, but not decision makers at the table. But I do think that you know i'm I'm optimistic about the crypto community as a whole, including the Bitcoin community because i I do think what you saw were were women of color in this space, women in this space creating opportunities for women to network. So I think for women, we're not waiting for, you know, space at the table. We're creating opportunities for us to, you know, move the crypto economy forward. And certainly I think that's the same for, you know, people of color, innovators of color, you know, that Black people the Black Bitcoin billionaires community, and they hosted this huge event that was well attended. So I think everybody's not looking for a centralized, you know, pathway in. I think people are creating their decentralized opportunities.
0: You know that while there are fewer Black Americans investing in stocks than white Americans, there are actually, I was reading, more more Black Americans that are receptive to holding cryptocurrencies. Why do you think there is such an appeal? Yeah, for Black Americans, this conversation about building wealth has been going on for
1: a few decades now. I'm a Gen Xer, and I know for our generation, you know, we looked at, we've been talking about how do we create wealth Generational wealth and the type of wealth where we can actually, you know, leave something for our great grandchildren. So, so I think for you know for Black Americans, that's the pathway into Bitcoin specifically, but crypto. Bitcoin represents this opportunity to, you know, break barriers, to have more participation in, in, you know, the financial system. And certainly, if you read the white paper, that's what this was about, right? This was about, you know, expanding access and moving away from the traditional financial system that has a lot of holes. So I, I will tell you, when you look at You know, black Americans in crypto and certainly the black community is buying crypto, holding crypto. We're finding ways to actually, you know, get certainly, you know, Gen Xers and, and millennials to invest, to get a wallet. And you just had Hill Hopper the actor is partnering to, they just launched the Black Wall Street app which is a wallet specifically for Black Black and Latinx communities to build wealth so I think for Black Americans you know, a community that has been historically disadvantaged we're really looking at opportunities to build wealth and Bitcoin is an opportunity not just to build wealth but also to hit the ground running to be at the starting line And also to curate, you know, products and services specifically for our communities. And that's exciting. And but it's also a great opportunity because when you look at the browning of America, when you look at the marketplace today, consumers are very diverse. So, you know for you know for blacks and crypto we know that we have a large community that we can market to directly and the potential is limitless
0: yes but you know this is volatile this is a very risky category as far as investments go and so my concern is that the the the, the message will be interpreted as go all in on crypto and there is risk, a lot of risk with that. So what's your advice? I don't think you're like the all in, go all in uh, person here. <laughs> I think you would also agree that diversification is important, that you know, investing yes. in your 401k is perhaps even more important than, this is an alternative investment category. And so is that the education or, or am I missing something?
1: No, I think all investments right, pose risk. And everyone, whatever you're going to invest in, whether it be stocks, or bonds, or, you know, or even a mutual fund, or even an IRA, people should do their research. Crypto is no different. So I do think that, you know, the risk, the volatility is because, you know, crypto is new. We don't know what's driving the price of, you know, Bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies right now. We're getting an an indication but this space is barely you know, 12 years old. So in just a decade, the growth is tremendous. But I, yes, I think people should do their research. Whenever I talk to people, I tell them all the time that it took me two years to understand and get this space. So I do think that people should absolutely do their research. And even for me, one of the projects I'm working on right now is actually a wallet that would be a physical wallet for Black and light next people who actually want swag. They don't want a digital wallet or a USB that they can't flash and say, I'm part of this community. But also part of this wallet would be a cold storage certificate. Because I do think that one of the gaps is people don't understand cold storage. I tell people, you know, for me, you know, cryptocurrency is so similar to cash because it gives you back that autonomy and privacy. But just like, you know, crypto, just like cash, right, if you lose it, if you don't protect it, if you don't take care of it, and that's what cold, cold storage gives you, the opportunity Specifically, physically be the owner of your your cash, your crypto, but also you, you need to understand that it is a different way of transacting, and there is a lot more steps involved, but I do think we're being irresponsible if we don't talk, talk to people about cold storage, and for me, when I focus on innovators of color, women of color, and, you know, Black people, we are conservative when it comes to investments. We're taking care of family members. You know, regardless of where our income is, it's being tapped in multiple ways. So our disposable income is very precious to us. And so so I think there's very few Black people out there who would be like, oh, I'm going all in, you know, but, but I do think that we have to be better at Taking risks, and certainly for women as well. The majority of the investors in Bitcoin are men because we are cautious. But the wonderful thing about Bitcoin is, I tell people all the time, you can put it on layaway, right? You can buy just five dollars of Bitcoin, you know, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, because once you have skin in the game, you can t- start to take more risk. But I don't think people should be, you know, afraid about their volatility. I think for people of color, women, you know, we've often seen that we're last to the table, that we're not being part of the growth. And this is an opportunity to you know, be at ground zero and really take this to the next level. So people should do their research. They should absolutely be conservative. But this is a space where, you know, we can't afford to be left out.
0: Sticking with women and how this might be able to support women's wealth, I was reading that as far as the underbanked in this world, uh, those who lack a bank account, you know, there's over a billion and a half people are in this camp. Most of them are women. 56% women are unbanked in this, currently in this world. How do you see this technology and blockchain supporting those people?
1: It's interesting. As you mentioned, I think the estimation is 1.7 billion people globally are under bank or lack access. Even in the U.S., it's about 55 million, I think. And so when you look at what COVID did, COVID pushed more women out of the workplace and certainly professional women. Who had to leave the workplace because there was no more child care that, you know, they had to actually, you know, step back from their executive or management positions. So, you know, as you shared, those statistics are daunting, but they're even more daunting, you know, in a post COVID world, which is why women have to take advantage of this crypto economy. I tell people all the time to think of crypto in terms of three different Areas, right? There's there's the store value, right? There's the new financial asset class. There's Bitcoin. There's ETH. There's you know XRP, Litecoin. So so the, the 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 new financial asset class is exciting, and women should absolutely look to invest and and get in in the game. There's also you know the the technology, right? we we're, we're developing products. And services where engineers can be at the table, where people who understand problems and can bring solutions to their, so as we're developing products, they're more, you know, focused and can be more effective. But there's also the industry, right? So financial asset class, new financial asset class, technology, but the industry is where it's so exciting and, and where women have tremendous opportunity because what we're seeing is that, you know, women are, simply creating merchant accounts so that they can accept cryptocurrency for their e-commerce business, right? So that's a small step into the crypto space. Even nonprofits are creating merchant accounts to actually accept cryptocurrency. Now, also, Within the industry piece, there's opportunities to leverage cryptocurrency to solve a problem in your whatever the business you have. Like you don't have to have a blockchain business. Like I know somebody who's actually Don Dixon is creating a product to actually innovate vending machines. And so she's using she's using you know blockchain technology specifically for authenticating identity. Nothing else. Her product is still an innovative vending machine that can actually sell federally regulated products like cannabis or high luxury products like Louis Vuitton shoes. But but she's specifically using the technology to authenticate identity. So I think it's important for us to tell women that this space is beyond Bitcoin, beyond cryptocurrencies. There's many access points. And also wealth building has been something that we've talked about forever. I I worked on Capitol Hill. I was a political appointee for President Obama. And every year we talked about the pay gap, right? The pay gap something is a great thing to talk about whenever we still haven't fixed, right? So when you look at, for women, The more options they have, the more inclusive money is, right? And so women cannot afford not to include this option as part of their considerations when they're looking at closing that wealth gap and and being able to meet their, their needs financially.
0: Clef, what made you so bullish on crypto? Was there a was there a turning point for you? Because I think in the beginning people approached this with a healthy bit of skepticism. I think many listeners on this show included. Was there a turning point for you? Like, was there something you understood about this space that confirmed to you that this has a lot of legs and this is perhaps yeah. the way of the future? Yeah,
1: so I first heard about Bitcoin in 2013 when I was in the Obama administration. A friend had a Bitcoin project and asked me to help him with a press release. Had never heard of Bitcoin. I helped him with the press release. I thought it was interesting, but Bitcoin didn't really excite me. So, but I, but it, it stayed in my purview. But around 2015 is when the conversation around the technology opened up. The conversation about intellectual property protections, identity management, privacy. So for me, what the light bulb went when it started applying to my work, right? My my worldview, the things that mattered to me. So when you look at intellectual property protections, I'm a creative. All the conversations about you know music and royalties and such that made sense to me. And, and so that actually is how I went down the rabbit hole to begin to learn more, to understand, to try to figure out. Again, you know, it took me two years to get it. And I I've been doing January makes four years since I've been publishing a weekly newsletter, and it goes to thousands. But the newsletter is just as much for me as it is for my readers, because it's the space is continually changing. But I would say, you know, for me, as I as I mentioned, it was when it connected to my space, right, the things that matter to me. So for your listeners, I would tell them, you know, don't get too caught up in. in in everything, right? The space can be overwhelming. Start with your domain, your industry, your sector. How is blockchain affecting it? And focus there, right? Learn, because you understand your domain, so therefore you can see where the applications are being leveraged and how it can be used. Then open it up, because I think what's happening right now, there's so much, you know, um, conversations about volatility and illicit use of crypto. And it's all noise, right? People need need to, to make their own decisions. Even when it comes to investing, you know, Dogecoin, Elon Musk, I, I tell people all the time, take baby steps. Right now, anybody can go on cash App. Or PayPal and buy cryptocurrency, or even Robinhood, right? Those are easy. But people should understand also, you'll have problems when you wanna take your crypto off those sites or actually, you know, move them to another wallet or actually cash out. So, but, but those are easy on board to start with $25 and actually see how it goes and then go a little deeper and, you know, open a Gemini account, Binance US account. So, so I do think that the media is so intense around volatility and cryptocurrency. Find the access point that makes sense for you and take baby steps.
0: I like that approach a lot it's it's why I actually wanted to have you on the show as listeners know this whole week we are talking about crypto but not so much through the lens of the investing aspect. I mean, of course, that's like, we just, that's all that seems to be in the media because, uh, you know, it's transactions and that's a, a interesting storytelling, but I think what's harder to get to is, but what's more important is the application, right? And how, you know, beyond investing, how this can change the way that we work, the way that we relate to one, almost like the internet, right? So back in the day when the internet was sort sort of just becoming more part of our day-to-day lives, there was a lot of attention given to, like, the websites, the pets.coms of the world, right, that ultimately, you know, went under. And I think that there is – you know, if, if I had a hunch, I'd say that these cryptocurrencies and the, the investing around that is very much sort of the hype and the hoopla around these like sites that were introduced back in the early nineties, as opposed to really paying attention to the, to the infrastructure, the, the world in which these players play, which is the, the, the blockchain. Tell us a little bit about why you started National Policy Network of Women of Color in Blockchain. What are you working on right now? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah.
1: But before I do, let me go back to what you just said in terms of, you know, the, the, the underlying technology. The volatility that we just talked about, you know, is easy news, right? It's sexy. People love tension. But as you just said, you know, the underlying technology is what people should focus on. So when you look at Bitcoin, right, it's not, you know, don't get snick or shocked by the price of Bitcoin. Again, like I said, you can buy like a fraction of a Bitcoin, but it's the underlining technology, right? It's the technology, what is it being used for? What is, is it being lo- leveraged for? And as a store of value, the Bitcoin protocol, the Bitcoin blockchain is a revolutionary, and I tell people all the time, you know, when you want to even buy, invest in, in a cryptocurrency, look at the technology that they're using, look at what they're building. That will tell you, you know, the long, the potential longevity of a cryptocurrency. But uh, going, going to, you know, the National Policy Network of Women of Color and Black Chains, as I shared, I have a public policy background. So therefore, I've been leaning back and really focusing on my political background in addition to my crypto footprint right now. And I actually published a book during COVID called, you know, The Clevolution, My Quest for Justice in in Politics and Crypto. And again, because of the similarities of this space, you know, for both, whether it's politics or crypto, I'm focusing on social impact and social justice. And for the national policy network, you know, what I saw in terms of the, the foot I have on Capitol Hill in Washington is the fact that the Black Caucus, Hispanic Caucus, the Asian Pacific American Caucus, they refer to them as the Tri-Caucus on Capitol Hill. What they hear about in crypt- for cryptocurrency is about illicit use of crypto, right? So they hear a lot about, you know, it's being used for human trafficking or, you know, cybersecurity problems, but that's not the entire story. And again, for these members of Congress, you know, they, they represent communities that are vulnerable, you know, that those are the communities that are unbanked, underbanked. So for me, it was important for me, to, for them to understand that women, women of color across the country in their congressional districts are building products and services on this technology already. It was important for me to start bringing these innovators to Washington to meet with members, to meet with their staff, because as Congress and the federal government, the regulators are debating how to regulate this space, how to put in Policies that make it difficult for the large players to be responsible. Well, h- how to make them more responsible? They have to understand that there's an in- impact on micro enterprises, the small players, the entrepreneurs. You know, the e-commerce businesses, which are you know largely you know women of color, millennials, that they need to understand that there's an impact. That we have to strike a balance we need to foster innovation. I understand that we have to make sure that you know we protect consumers. I worked in Washington. I understand this. But I think because for Congress, for Washington, they pro- primarily see wealthy players coming to them and telling them, oh, blockchain is good, right? Crypto can be used for financial inclusion. And for these members, they're like, yeah, I've seen the story before I know how it ends, right? So the messenger matters. So for me, you know, the the policy network is really about building a space for women in crypto to actually support each other, but also to make sure that we're being representative of women from across the country and making sure that the the people who represent them in Washington know that they exist and know that they have to be mindful of them as well,
0: Clev, thank you so much for this incredible download to learn about how crypto is evolving from your perspective in terms of supporting Black Americans, women, uh, the importance of bringing in the COVID recovery piece to all of this, because it's uh, it is all very much connected, the economic recovery. And I really appreciated your advice about looking at this space, not just, of course, from the, you know, from the investing standpoint, but also the impact that it can have on how we work, the technology being really uh, where the focus needs to grow. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I enjoyed you know, this conversation and thank you for doing this service for your listeners in terms of making sure that they understand this space and also can hear from different voices
0: this is just the beginning we'll I'll look forward to having you <laughs> back clev clev masador thank you thank you Thanks so much to Clev for joining us. Her book again is The Clevolution. Tomorrow on So Money, we're going to answer your financial questions about crypto. We have our guest, Hilary Hendershot, certified financial planner. With all the insights and advice, stay tuned. I hope your day is so money.